Oh, stop. I hate the story. No, I need to hear it. I need it's to hear a, it. Yes. It's a beautiful. It's hilarious. You told I it walked to- in and, and he had this whole theory behind this poster that like rock and roll is a bunch of downbeats, but ska is all like upbeats. And so that's why this album is called Upbeats and Downbeats. And I said, and I'm looking at the poster and I go, no, it's called Upbeats and Beat Downs. And he just goes, what? <laughs> I just, I just, I'd always read it as that because probably, you know, ADHD just did maybe a little bit of um dyslexia for a bit. Who knows? Hello, friends. This is Luke, your buddy, your pal. Uh, I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. Uh, this week, once again, welcome back to the podcast, Katie Ruvokaba. I really hope I pronounced that right. Uh, she has a brand new podcast on, on included in with her Twitch stream. It's called Parasocial Anxiety. Uh, it's super good. It is fascinating. Um, it's about basically sometimes the relationship between a creator and their uh, fan and how what happens if it goes wrong. And it's just it's a fascinating podcast. We have a phenomenal conversation. We, we, ch- we chatted for about two hours. I'm not sure what the edited version of this will be, which means I get to tell you this other news, which is fun. Uh, this podcast this is kind of like a Catholic uh, Avengers podcast. That sounds dumb. So let's pretend I didn't say that. Uh, this has been produced by. Well, produced uh, by that I mean edited by producer Nick from Clerically Speaking. So thank you, producer um Nick, for editing this. Uh, we are gonna get editors, and so uh, he's the first person that, that that we've had to edit a podcast that wasn't Gomer. I think we had one of our stars a while ago. I forget his name. I apologize. He did did a great job, but uh, yeah, we're gonna try to. We got a few things up up our sleeve here, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear what's going on. I'm excited for you to hear uh, this interview. I'm excited for all sorts of things. So please sit back and enjoy this podcast episode of Catching Foxes. Katie Ruvalcaba, Luke probably didn't pronounce that right, returns to talk about our new podcast, Parasocial Anxiety, which you should pause ours and go and download hers right now. So it's Cornerstone. It's 2003. They're breaking up. I'm going to Austria. I Five Iron is a seminal band in my conversion. Them, particularly them and, and the Insiders, as well as the OC Supertones. And so they start playing uh, Solidarity Boy. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> what do they start playing? They start playing. They they started doing a thing where the last two songs were always either Blue Comb of '78, then Every New Day. And then it changed to uh, a new hope. World without end. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Hope. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're no, right. I'm a world without end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. And I'm so with you. They start playing. I'm a world. With, they start too. playing. Um, world without end. And I start just like sobbing because I know, like, like, it's, like I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be in Europe during it's their last now. tour, and, and this is mm-hmm. it. I'm, and I'm 20, and I am just like, I mean, like, I'm not hysterically sobbing, but I'm a step away from that. Yeah. I'm not like I'm wailing, but the tears are just. I mean, I am like sobbing, and so there's this catwalk coming off of off of the stage, and then during the bridge part, which is a real emotional like for everyone. It's like there's it's the crescendo of this whole song, and it's and he's quoting a Robert Frost poem with his own stuff. Like those are part of the, the lyrics, and he brings out the lead singer of the Insiders on stage, who was like, <laughs> I was I'm listening to their album Fight of My Life when I decided to quit the football team and like really go in. And so mm-hmm. it was like, for me, it was like every, and I mean, truly, it was like, God was like, here you go, Luke, here, if there was a machine that the Lord was going to like put together to create any, and very intense reflective experience for me at 20, 
in the summer of 2003, it would be like, this is how the machine would go. And I'm just like, so it's, you know, like every new day I am sobbing and I have my hand up in the air because, you know, charismatic. And then I feel this person grab my hand because my eyes were closed. Like I couldn't keep my eyes open. And it's like Reese. And he's at the end of the couch. He's lying down sobbing. I know. Holding on to my hand. I had no idea. Just screaming the rest of the words lying down. And I'm just I'm sobbing. And all I can think about is how like God got me. I'm getting like emotional. Just I'm thinking about this from like the beginning of my like kind of high school conversion to that point in time. It was like the most. It was not like rock star worship. It was like a, a sharing of a moment of two people. Yeah. It was incredible. You, at co- freaking Cornerstone. I've for so many years and you have never told me that you've touched me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> what is this? I know. Oh my gosh. Like I would tweet that every six months or so. Like this is just your semi-annual reminder that I have been in physical contact <laughs> with three strokes. Well, particularly like at Cornerstone, that song, that point in time, yes, that moment that in their moment, history. that there's no mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, I'm so envious of you. Right? I I mean oh. I still can't believe that it happened. That's so crazy. We interviewed Jeff the girl way back when, and we weren't able to release it because the audio was terrible, and there was a bunch of <sighs> screw ups with it. Yeah, it was it was actually a, it was actually a phenomenal conversation too. And uh, she's an incredible human. Yeah, she went on some like Catholic retreat at some monastery outside of Denver. We were talking about that. It was just really cool. And but the audio was it was all jacked up. It just it just like uh, it was like it just wasn't. I'm, I'm at the B things, and I don't think I got to tell her that story. And I was like, I, do I bring this up? Is that weird? I'll be weird for this. I don't know. It's not weird for me because like I would have been really hyped, but like she knows that guy. So <laughs> I'd be like if one of my friends was like, I once hugged Luke Carey, I'd be like, yeah, okay. So your friend grabbed my hand right. while my eyes were closed and I was crying during your most important song at the most important show at the point in time, which was going to be your last big thing at the biggest Christian event in the world. <laughs> yeah. Shortly after you were doing the uh, when I go out. Play the street, get yeah. by cars, make mashed potatoes. That was you. And then right after that, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. gosh. I like, I just, I need you to understand how this won't I'll shock you. And then we'll, we can stop here. Just how much um, uh, Five Iron Frenzy to Electric Boogaloo was me in the fall of 2001. Okay. Now, this is weird and you don't want to know this. And nobody who's listening knows who any of these people are. So it's not going to matter. But. I know that about you because you remind me so much of my high school friend, Travis, for whom that (laughs) is like his, like when that album came out, he bought it before everybody else because he always had, he was an only child and he had way too much money. And uh, he bought it before everybody else. And he came over to my house before we had our, I was an evangelical at the time. So we had these things called cell groups, which are basically like youth groups that are small and hosted in somebody's house. So we were at my house for our cell group and he was like, I, I need you to hear this. I need you to hear it. And he turned it on and he plays pre ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Ex- yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Travis, I'm dating your best friend. This is a weird <laughs> thing to do right now. Oh, it was so weird. It's- and I was like, what are, is it, do you just really like this song? Or like, why are we in my bedroom listening to this right now? It's so weird. I would have had but, that moment with Ralph. Like, yeah, I that's, know. Yeah, like everything I've heard you talk about your relationship with girls when you were younger, I was like, oh that's, gosh, yeah. Luke is Travis. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely like Luke I, is Travis. Uh, I think Gomer. We had just we had. I mean, we were already best friends by that point. But you know, this, we, we had known each other about a month or, or so. And I remember it was for sale at the Franciscan bookstore early. And our, my buddy, 
it, had, it was they were not supposed to have it on the shelf, but they did. So I think like our friend Ryan Walsh told me it was there, and I said what? And I ran. I mean, I ran over, <laughs> and I think I fell down like one of the hills, like you know the non-athlete <laughs> athlete I am. Like I'm going. <laughs> um, why am I balling? I'm, I'm I'm 18, uh, and uh, I bought it, and I remember just hearing it because I I'd heard them play pre ex girlfriend at a show a couple weeks earlier, and I was like, and I love the little like the drumming in that is phenomenal, and the time mm-hmm, signature, it's mm-hmm. just, I love that song, and. Uh, I was just like, and I remember like that was the opening track. I didn't really get like, I mean, it's live. You don't really hear like all the words when it's live if you've never heard the song before. And uh, I remember hearing it being like, yeah, this is my favorite band. This is why. This is it right here. This is that, it. That album, every time somebody's like, what's the best Five Iron Frenzy album? I'm like, it is Five Iron Frenzy to Electric Boogaloo. Mm-hmm. I went to the Holy Land a couple of years ago, and um, there's a, a place where it's called the Primacy of St. Peter where Peter was chilling on the Love that <clears throat> whatever, place. the whole thing. Yes. Beautiful. Right. So I'm sitting there. You've been there um, with my little toesies in the water, um, singing far, far away to myself in my head. And I like tried really hard not to cry. It was so much. I took five iron in my head. Did you too? The whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. was just because I stood on the shore right next to the church where they think it all happened. Yep. And I was just like. Far, far away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so I, that's my favorite. I think, hands down, that's my favorite Five Iron song. It's a lot of people who don't, who aren't like uber right. fans of the bands that tends to come and up. And I as, am not. Yeah. Like, I, I, for me, it's <laughs> I, the top I of, like, the, of tier two. Yeah. It's a, like that whole album is so great. Spartan will kill me every time. Oh, yeah. Every time. Like, if Jesus Christ is truth, then I am mostly oh. wise. Oh god, uh, it's so good. Oh, sorry, that's can't handle actually it. eulogy, but it's fine. Oh, that you're right. You're right. That's eulogy. You're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, but Spartan also kills me when I had to stop homeschooling my kids. It was a problem. Anyway, just move on. Just can move I on. can I tell you about can I tell you about the time when Luke, who is the ultimate lover of Five Iron Frenzy, when he didn't even because he kept misreading. Oh, stop! His, I hate the story. Albums. No, I need to hear it's it. A, I need to hear yes, it. Yes, it's a beautiful. It's hilarious. You told. I it walked to- in and. <laughs> And he had this whole theory behind this poster that like rock and roll is a bunch of downbeats, but ska is all like upbeats. And so that's why this album is called Upbeats and Downbeats. And I said, and I'm looking at the poster and I go, no, it's called Upbeats and Beat Downs. And he just goes, what? <laughs> I just, I just, I'd always read it as that because probably you know ADHD just uh, maybe a little bit of um, yeah. dyslexia for a bit. Who knows? Is Riot Gear on that album? I think it is. Isn't no, it? Riot Gear's on uh, Quantity is Job One, Quantity is Job which is one. like a phenomenal right. album too. It's like it's well, it's tiny. It's so it's over so fast. It's, it's, it's interesting because Quantity is, is Job One is uh, the last one with their now their current bass player. He was he, he played guitar was the main um, songwriter and he like had a he deconstructed before it was cool. And so mm-hmm. he leaves the band. That's his last album. And you can kind of hear where they were going. And it's a really unique sound. Like, it's really, really cool. Is that Scott Kurt? Mm-hmm. Scott Kurt. Yeah. yeah. He, okay. he had a band called he did a band called um, Yell Second, which was so good. They're like, a yeah, on their band. new albums. He wrote the um, uh, Blizzards and Bygones oh, about that whole. Gosh, yeah, that I know. I know um, Oh, that out like that took so me a while. Everybody just wanted to talk about Five Art right. Frenzy, I'm fine. right? I'm fine. I will turn <laughs> this into today. a Five Art on Frenzy podcast so fast. <laughs> oh, Let me just end here. Poor, Have you heard? Poor Gomer. Um, 
Have you heard <laughs> Beneath <laughs> the Pavement and and the and Stars? The stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have wept yeah, my car time through, to that multiple times. The whole time through COVID. And then they did that thing during COVID with the with the Zoom call where they played it. Did you see that? I did not. Is it good? Oh my gosh. They did that. they played it on a Zoom call during COVID when we were all locked up and and just it's like at the time when it felt like we were all still banding together and it was all a thing that we were doing together before it got became what it was Um, (laughs) before the dark times before the yes before the dark times when they're they're talking like oh gosh i can't even remember the line right now but it's like um don't give up on us yet like that whole part it was just i know it's it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot basically ends uh gilmer with him him going um hallelujah you're still you like just over and over again. It's really it's it's the whole thing's about like it's meant it's basically a love letter to the fans or any, even to people in the band who may have like um, lost their faith or who are just have like a hard time with it. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like like beneath the pavement and the stars beneath the weight of years of 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 scars burned the same soul. In the sky, sky blue. Hallelujah. You're still you. Over and over again. And it's <laughs> yeah. great high voice. Is this what people who don't go to Franciscan feel like when two Frannies are in the same room? Yes. 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 Okay. And I didn't okay. go to Franciscan. So whenever you guys start talking about like households and stuff, I'm like, mm, I'm out. It's not my thought were awesome my friend emily's husband was in your household Who? not yours not oh, yours yeah, years later years later well he's probably an awesome guy uh and she's lucky to he's... be with him yeah uh okay <laughs> he's I mean, he's he a 10 awesome. out of 10 he's he is the 10. awesome and he's a wonderful person um he's i think my 10. friend is the greatest no but... no 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 wow. he's Do the we prize need to fight he's okay. the prize he's the 10 out of 10 uh gilmer okay. i can barely hear you by the way Oh yeah, what about now? What about now? What about now? Same. Oh, you it, suck. It, mm-hmm. it got a little better. Why am uh, I the one who, not... who knows how to do the audio stuff well? I never have problems. You shut your mouth. You always do. Uh huh. There, there he it is. Does, There's the love of my it life. Doesn't, it honestly, it doesn't make sense because I didn't really do anything. I just moved my head. <laughs> so maybe the problem's you. <laughs> maybe the problem. Well, is I you. guess my mom was right. The problem is me. <laughs> Oh man, uh, oh, no. Katie! So Katie, to- good yeah. to see you. Yeah, hey. Just- I mean, you can see me. I can't see you. You're a box. Yeah, I apologize. Voice. I apologize. It's okay. No. I'm never gonna forgive you, but it's enjoy fine. your technique, oh. Gomer. Enjoy your technique. No, how about the lack thereof? Lack of technique. Yeah, lack yeah, of. Yeah, he's just a voice in the void. So mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, that's true. he's a machine. What did What did you guys give up for Lent? What are you doing for Lent? What's Lent look like for you? Oh, so I um, I always give up donations on my stream, which is about two thirds of the income that my stream brings in. So I give up a, a huge quantity of income during that period. But um, like sure during that time, we're we not to... doing that on patreoncom yeah. patreoncom <laughs> But I uh, I I usually have a project that we're working on. So this year, the project that we're working on is a, a friend of mine that I know from uh, my parish and her daughter. They're both um, immigrants from Mexico, and they are trying to apply for citizenship, but it's expensive. So, uh, so we're looking expensive. for eight. Mm-hmm. We're looking for eighteen hundred dollars so that they can apply. the The daughter is eight, so she gets to piggyback off of her mom, but you still have to pay the fee. So eighteen hundred bucks. Um, if people want to donate to that, where can they go to? 
Uh, they would have to go directly to my stream, and then there's a little donate button on there. So you go to twitch.tv slash Mrs. Ruby, and there's a little donate button. Click on that, and it'll go into the – It'll uh, your receipt will say Good Egg Fund, which is our nonprofit. So you'll you'll actually be able to write that money off on your taxes. Um, it won't even go into my account at all. When do you uh, When do you typically do your stream? Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. usually. And now, listen, now I'll probably be able to come out there at some point in time soon because I'll be, uh, we're, uh, it's all it's on the down low still, so I can't be public yet, but. Uh, uh, Do you know how often people ask me, like, when is, when is Luke coming on? Luke lives right next door to you. Why don't you? I'm like, it's not next door, but. I know. It'll happen. Where do you live? Where, where is this? Indianapolis. Oh. Just north of it. So, funny story. Practically next door. Yeah. I thought she was in Fort Wayne. So I was in Fort Wayne. I was like, "Hey, let's let's grab lunch," and you're like, and you were, and you asked me uh, where it was. I'm like, "I'm like, I don't know, I'll buy something." And you're like, "Where are you?" And I'm and I was what like, is- I don't know. It's like I was like, "I mean, you live here. It's a small town. I assume you know where this thing is." <laughs> Wrong city. No, don't live there. Wrong, Wrong city. city. It's okay. Yeah. I gave him a map of Indiana in case he was lost. <laughs> I was like, "I'm down here." <laughs> You could come though. It would be fine. You go to grad school and drink here. You're mm-hmm. here right now, and I live over there. Mm-hmm. So we do have we do have a bar. It's called Sids. Um, it could be fun. Nice. Um, <laughs> was there a Sikh in, in Indianapolis a while ago? Uh, NCYC. NCYC. Okay. It all blends yeah. together after a while. The Eucharistic Congress is going to be here as well. Ooh. So I haven't responded to any of your emails. People are doing that. Uh, so busy. Um, so uh, you've got a new podcast. Oh, wait, wait. No, I sorry. Wait, 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 wait. We're, we're talking about Len stuff first, right? Oh, yeah. He asked sorry, about yeah. Len. Go, you go. You go. All right. So I, had a great, I knew Gomer was going to ask this. I don't know why. I just had a gut feeling. And I gave up one thing, and then I didn't. So that's gone. Uh, I had a great joke f- f- for that, but uh, I gave up. This has been interesting. I've actually really enjoyed this. So, this is uh, I had a long chat with with Kevin Hyder the other day. That's where this came from. So, I am giving up uh, casual use of the internet in my at my place. So, I'm not like anytime that I'm home, I'm only on the internet for work, or if I absolutely have to. So That's I'm awesome. putting like I'm putting my phone away. I'm not listening to podcasts or t- to music. But if I have something downloaded, then I am. So for example, like I've got audiobooks that are downloaded. That's okay. I can watch Blu-rays on the TV. That's okay. I'm not going to stream anything or go onto the interwebs unless I go to Starbucks. And then I'm like, oh, I've got some time, you know, then I'll, I'll so it's basically <laughs> like home use of like casual use of the internet at home or in my car gone. That's Perfect. an interesting one. Okay. I like it. <laughs> like, oh, what, are you, what are you doing, Gomer? And, oh, and, uh, and I'm going to mass every day. So, you know, baller saint. I, uh, you're so <laughs> saint. You're so holy. Uh, I am giving up YouTube completely. Ooh, that's a big one. That's nice. huge. Are you going through withdrawals? Not today, because how are you going to find new hobbies? Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Where's our content going to come from? Yeah, I know. the uh, The thing that I'm thinking about doing, well, obviously, the one thing that I do that immediately replaces it is reading. Um, and so I don't do Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like of any appreciable significance. So. What I'm doing is a crap ton of reading, and I have books mapped out that I'm going to go through. But then for my devotional stuff, I'm doing the consecration to St. Joseph 
Um, and I'm reading a, a Christian classic called um, Christian Self Mastery. And uh, it's just a book on like kind of like traditional. Well, not even traditional. It was written in like the 60s or something. But it's on holiness and like, okay, what does it look like for a Christian to have control over their emotions and over their will and over their not like a stoic and not like, you know, a modern person's trying to dominate themselves but how do you order yourself with christ as the principle so i thought that was really cool so uh uh i'm doing i have a lot of subjects that i'm super interested in that i haven't cultivated learning and so i'm trying to cultivate leisure i guess if you were to like what are you doing for lent it's uh giving up mindless entertainment uh youtube uh, because i don't watch television other than youtube and then cultivating uh leisure as it's meant to be so yeah philosophizing nice reading poetry uh did you get the book that i sent you i did thank you very Ooh, much we, we're going to talk about on the podcast it's called uh what's it called the the culture of narcissism that's it yeah it's really it's really good it's really good who wrote it do i own it it was written in the late 70s by some philosopher dude christopher mm-hmm. latch it's great. He wrote it. It's he really is good. a sociologist and psychologist, and he wrote it looking at these general trends in American history and being like, uh, what was that line that you said, the quantity from Five Iron Frenzy? Quantity is job one. It was the name of their uh, Quantity EP. is job one. It's I mean, like, yeah. in a very real way, that's such a, whoa, all your lights went out. I know. Now I'm a ghost. <laughs> yeah. In a, it's just so funny, like, mass culture and what that means for the formation of human hearts and society and minds and all this so it's pretty cool i am i'm listening to on audiobook i have you guys ever read anything by chuck klosterman no, no. so okay i think it's pronounced colostrum colostrum <laughs> just kidding that's breast milk go on i didn't know what that what that was and then <laughs> you said it i was like first. and then judging by katie's reaction i was like okay gomer's not lying then about the breast milk part um no, it really is that got, it's the pre-breast milk goo <laughs> i've got um nipples greg can you milk me uh <laughs> it's um so but i guess chuck um classroom was like a, i remember seeing his stuff in the in the borders that i, I worked for for a very brief period of time when i was working as a long-term sub in 2000 let's say eight out in washington dc and um it's like a lot of like pop culture commentary stuff that people were really in, into, and I and I just never got into it because I live in a Christian bubble, and I've I've heard him on sure. a few podcasts, and I for the most part kind of liked his stuff. So I uh, he, he wrote a book on the '90s, and it is wonderful. I'm loving it. It's really, really, it's really fascinating. Well, that's I love elder like millennials that. do love the nineties. We do we so much. We're so, so much. into it. Like if you uh, pound for pound. So I was listening to a podcast on the bid on the of the uh, big picture podcast on the night they did a draft of of uh, movies from nineteen ninety three. It's insane the amount of good films that came out in um ninety three. Like I really think that the nineties are peak when like. Basically, it's 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 a time if you were to have a Venn diagram of say popular culture and great content, when the most great content was part of the popular was like part of the popular culture. I think in the nineties when it like hits its like Zen point, it's just it's crazy how many things that were out there were really really good. Yeah. So I really liked the nineties, but then again, I was in you know 
my youth at that period. So of course I liked it. I bought the same pants like a couple of weeks ago that I owned in the nineties, which is really exciting for me. I was like, Hey, I remember you <laughs> like the flare leg. Hello, old friend. I'm very excited. Hello. Like, I know you. Uh, you have kids who are in high school now, right? I have a kid in high How's school. How's that yeah. going? It's awful. I do not recommend it. No, she's great. Actually, I have been, <laughs> my kid is awesome and I love her. Um, it's a little scary. Like, uh, uh, the, the things that go on in the world and the mm-hmm. ways that they like, like the thing I'll never get over is that kids in high school refer to the number of people they've slept with as their body count, which oh, I'm yeah. like, that's a serial killer. Ah. You sound like a serial killer. Yeah. And, and it's just a little too on the nose for the like whole killing your soul thing. Um, so that's gross. And like, and my kid goes to Catholic school and still, yeah. um, the kid, her peers are regularly sending nudes and like when they refer to them as like his nudes or her nudes, like those are Gomer's nudes. And like, as if everyone has them, like Gomer's thumbprints, like it's just so weird. And my kid doesn't because my kid's awesome, but at least I hope not. If I, I believe my kid, but like, it's just, yeah. it's so weird to, I don't like it. I don't yeah. like it at all. That's when I send my nudes to Luke, he also doesn't like it. He gives yeah. me the thumbs down. Does he down show them around the school though? <laughs> well, I hope not. I hope not. Cause then he would go to jail, but, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it really is horrific. Like you got to think about like what this is undoing to our children, like mm-hmm. within them, like, Oh yeah, sex is nothing even though sex is still something. Like you talk about so so one of the YouTube trends that I'm walking away from sadly for Lent is where they're talking about this young culture, this young adult culture where people are obsessed with body counts and racking up body counts. And then these men will interview these women and they'll talk about it. It's one of the most popular podcasts right now. It's called Whatever. And it's 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 everything in this sphere is a train wreck, but it's about like men who are trying to get rid of that kind of culture, talking to women who are obsessed with that kind of culture. They'll be mm. like, "Does body count matter?" No, no. In a relationship, no. D- what if you're in a committed relationship? No, body count doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. No, no, no. Any guy who I would you know want to be in a committed relationship? Okay, let's say it's a guy you're gonna marry. Do you think it'll matter to him? And all of a sudden you see like these little lights go on in their head and then they they almost all of them freak because they realize like the kind of guy you hook up in a club or, you know, after clubbing, right? That's not the kind of guy you marry. But they all have this image in their head of one day I'll get married and I need that guy to be a really good guy. And if that guy's a really good guy, that guy doesn't want his girl to have 300, you know, a body count of 300. And it's this constant pressure. So then they, they like immediately will, well, you know, like it doesn't matter, but I'm only, I only have a body count of three and they're like, yeah. And multiply that by 10 and they're like, shut up, you know? And it's this weird cycle of like arrogant, like pride and then immediate shame and then more pride to cover the shame. Right. And it, it yeah. is, it is crazy. You see it over and over and over again. It's really mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. I, I don't, I haven't listened to that particular podcast, but, um, the thing that, uh, the thing that kind of stands out to me is that, that they still care. Like yeah. most of the, most of the women and girls that I've encountered, at least, I mean, I don't, I don't run into a lot. I used to work in our church life team, but not very much anymore. And, <clears throat> but they don't seem to like the people that I encounter, like on Twitch and in my community don't seem to have a whole lot of 
interest in marriage or mm-hmm. in any of those things. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised that that seems to be an issue. You frame it around, of course, you're talking about high school students versus these people, which are 20s, 22, 25, a right. lot of whom well, are like, sleeping around with 30 and 40-year-old men. And then those 40, uh, 30 and 40-year-old men, like when these women live in this kind of hardcore lifestyle, when mm-hmm. they're 30 and they're like, you know what, maybe I do want to settle down. Maybe I do want uh, to move. Usually these people are talking about, for them, a, a serious relationship is a move-in boyfriend, right? Yeah. Um, but when they actually start thinking about, like, maybe I do want a family, all of a sudden they're going against the biological clock and they're looking around for men when they're 35 that'll take them and you have two types of men the really good guys who have been married and are mm-hmm. currently married and raising their family or the guys in the 40s who aren't looking for women who are 35 they're looking for 20 and 25 year olds and because they're wealthy and established in their career they're not looking for they, they don't want a peer they want a, a beautiful young thing that they can go out with right and so you have this cycle of and so now the phrase is hitting the wall when all these women who are like 35, 40, 45, and they're like, I am hot, I am established, and no man will even look at me. And it's like, it's this it's this widespread devastation that's happening. There's there's whole movements of women, it's like through YouTube of uh, and TikTok and stuff, where they are like renouncing how feminism warped their view of, of relationships and apologizing to the men in their lives for either a using them sexually or B, uh, you know, the whole patriarchy stuff, like just viewing them as the villain or the enemy. It's crazy. Anyhow, that's all I got. Well, yeah. yeah. And I, also, I, I don't love that it's having to be viewed in the, in the frame of like what man will take you because what I loved it for these women to know is their intrinsic value, right? Like you are beautiful and wonderful and you deserve better. Um, I'm, I'm less concerned about like no man will take you later and much more concerned about you. Like I know teenage girls and, and, and college age girls right now who are, are sleeping with dudes because they think they'll lose them if they don't. Right. And like, you deserve so much more than that. And so many of these boys are, are incredibly manipulative. And like, I know multiple young girls who are like, they are sending nudes and they're getting involved in these relationships because the boy is saying he'll commit suicide if they don't. And it's Ooh, this geez. ridiculous, yeah. like they're, yeah. it's awful. Holy and these shit. poor, poor girls and women have no idea what they're worth, that they can't look at that man and say, or that boy and say, you need to talk to a therapist or your parents or somebody. What you're doing is manipulation, and yeah. I have so much more value than this. Betterhelp.com slash CF. CF, yeah. yeah. Yes. But I will say it's actually <sighs> both ways. It's very mm-hmm. easy for us, like, religious social conservatives to be like, come on, men, get your head out of the porn. Women are consuming porn just as much as men are. Yeah. Women are sleeping around just with with numerous men, just as much as men are sleeping with women. Like that's the new thing that we're, we're still thinking like, Oh women, they're sleeping around with like three or four and men, they're like 10 or 20. And it's like, Nope. Women are just as manipulative, just as awful, but they do it in, in just different ways. And the, I mean the men, the men, it's it's just, it it truly is both sides need to realize what they are worth and their intrinsic value should never be betrayed for the cheap price, the cheap price of someone's lust and that's always what it is yeah yay sorry we got all weird everything's all great <laughs> anywho yay. uh all they lose. <laughs>
You can't say that. Oh, yeah, no. Sorry. My deacon today, brand new deacon, baby deacon. He's been ordained like three days. He did the um, liturgy of the word that I was distributing ashes during. And my whole family was there. And he goes, and when it's time for the gospel, he walks up and just starts doing the full uh, Celtic chant, alleluia. And everyone starts singing along except for like... A handful of us, one of whom is the de- another deacon's wife, who's like, uh-oh, rookie mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's cute. Oh, man. I went to mass today, and it was a kid's mass at the, at the, at the parish, oh. and it, oh. uh, the music was <laughs> something else. I was like, yeah. maybe we don't have to have this upbeat stuff during on Ash Wednesday. No? Okay. I'll, oh. I'll just kind of hang out. <laughs> but two of my kids are in the choir, and it was all like downbeat there no, this was like uh, was it a downbeat or a beat down yeah. Yeah. this was like <laughs> glory up, up, up. i mean not the glory up part it wasn't oh, yeah, there, we but didn't have you that know what I mean. we didn't have yeah. that yeah so um we're gonna this is what we call a pivot uh <laughs> <laughs> so you decided to come into our territory and do a podcast um who do you think you are i did it's a catholic women's podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just, i'm just saying like i just, me and one of my girlfriends we wanted to sit down we wanted to talk about the real issues of the church i'm totally kidding my podcast has nothing to do with catholicism <laughs> what gives you the right <laughs> how dare you no no i it's, i've heard it i have so many microphones it's wonderful <laughs> just might as well use them. Gotta, gotta do something mm-hmm. um they're everywhere. It's fascinating. I have questions. Um, How far have you gotten in? I will listen to that one episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I, I had. I was like, this is really good. I can't wait to hear more of this. And then I just did it. Um, What's the name of the podcast? Uh, it's called Parasocial Anxiety. <laughs> That's awesome. It's yeah. It's excellent. Like it's really, really good. Um, so, and it's super serious. Like. Super serious. Um, yeah. Do you want to kind of maybe explain to uh, pretend that you're talking to my mom and you're like, hi, Patty. This is this is hi, uh, what my podcast is, is about. She she uh, loves a g- good true crime drama. So, yeah. So, Patty, my podcast uh, is about the Internet community that I've created online through a, a website called Twitch. You've already lost her. And. <laughs> Already lost her. This is like the first episode is a lot of table setting. So you're like, this is what Twitch is. This is what's going on. Um, but basically, uh, it's it's an online community. There's so, like a few idiosyncrasies or however you say that word, syncrasies that are um, unique to Twitch. But in general, online communities are what online communities are, right? And um, one of the members of that community became. Um, obsessive so like in the in the streamer community we call that a parasocial but um that term just means a person who's in a one-sided relationship with a media personality so most of the people who are listening to you guys who've never talked to you are in a parasocial relationship with you and most of the time it's perfectly normal and you know i i joke that i was in a parasocial relationship with the march sisters like it's it's just somebody that you feel like you know because you've spent a lot of time with them um but in in my case in the twitch uh universe, you have the ability to interact with people. They talk to me, I can talk back, um, in real time. So like, while you guys are podcasting, nobody, you don't ever hear the things I'm yelling at you and it's frustrating. Um, but we I feel on my them stream, emotionally and spiritually feel them yeah. in your soul, mm-hmm. in our souls. Um, yeah. But so like I, I have, I, in, or I interact with the people in my community all the time. And this particular person, um, you, you find out right out the gate that he donated $20,000 in the span of like six weeks to Ooh. my stream and thought that gave him some special access. Mm. Man, 20. Mm-hmm. So 
What, like, in a nutshell, uh, without spoiling, I mean, I don't know if you want to spoil the show or not, but, like, what like what happened? <laughs> um, so tell well, me the ending. Yeah. <laughs> just tell me what happened. The ending's actually kind of in the middle, or the, the, the climax is in the middle on episode four, if you want to get there. But um, the... Uh, he claimed to be dying. So he said like, and in a lot of ways it didn't make sense. And obviously I'm not a doctor, so I'm not here to tell anybody that their illness that they're describing isn't real, but he claimed to have multiple sclerosis. And because I'm a good nineties kid, I remember multiple sclerosis from the West wing. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know all about it. I got my degree in Jed Bartlett, so I'm good. (laughs) Um, and I was like, you're not dying of multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis isn't fatal. We know this, uh, it is known. And, um, uh, but then like it kept progressing and, and he was like, you know, I have lesions on my brain and on my spinal column. I've got X number of weeks to live. And like that kind of made sense to me because I was like, why else would you give away all this money if you mm-hmm. weren't dying? Yeah. Like, yeah. That made sense to me. Um, but then as things went on, he introduced me to his friend, Brooke, who then also got very sick very suddenly and went from being perfectly healthy, riding a Peloton to paralyzed from the waist down within a matter of like six weeks um, without there being a bus accident. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was nuts. She had three surgeries for three like separate unrelated illnesses. Like it was just nonsense. Like it was very obvious that this person was making things up Mm -hmm. and, um, and, yeah, there was, there's some dangerous stuff. We got swatted and I have reason oh. to suspect that he was involved in that, but I can't prove it. So I can't state that plainly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Alleg- yeah. I, yeah. So what, uh, for people who don't know what is getting swatted, because w- when this happened to you, I was horrified for you. Like on, mm-hmm. you texted me. Yeah, I was legit. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. I was just like, oh my, cause it is my worst fear. It's why it's honest. Yeah. It's honestly, it's why we've never done Twitch. Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm too scared of, of that, of that, of that happening. And you like, and I, yeah. my heart just breaks that you guys had to experience that. Yeah. Uh, swatting is a, the stupidest, most dangerous prank on the internet, basically, where they, somebody will contact the police department wherever you live and claim you're in the act of committing some sort of a crime that justifies a massive police response. Most cities don't have a SWAT team, which is why this becomes an issue because they don't have any tactical training. So they're just sending every guy they have in riot gear to your house um, and expecting to find a person. In my case, they claimed that I had shot my son in the face and was setting my house on fire. Like I had all my kids tied up and I was walking around spreading gasoline. So, um, they, the police come to my house expecting that. And, and, um, people have been killed in swatting incidences because Mm -hmm. the police think that they're coming into an active violent crime and they react accordingly. So what happened when they, I remember Luke telling me about that. What happened when they, what, where were you when you got swatted? Was your Twitch stream going? Yeah, I was streaming. It was actually one year ago yesterday oh, that it happened. Oh, um, yeah, I was I was streaming. I was making Brazilian food, um, and my phone rang, and uh, and the, it was dispatch telling me to go outside. And I was like, "Is that normal? Do they usually do that in those cases?" But uh, if they had just busted into my house, I was standing there holding a chef's knife. Like it could have been bad. But holy cow! So yeah, how what? All of my kids were home. It was freaking President's Day. <sighs> ah, President's Day. Mother, bleep. Uh, <laughs> not the day we, we honor James if we Buchanan. Had two holidays. <laughs> Spread them out over two separate weeks. This wouldn't have happened. What, like, yeah, so what inspired you to do a podcast about this? Um, 
I don't want to put on makeup to have to create content. There it is. is. So I said to myself, I said, self, if no one can see your face, (laughs) it doesn't matter. The Catching Fox's way. Hey, Luke. It's called loungewear. It should be called podcast wear. Exactly. I mean, Luke put on lipstick for this, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, Happy to help. Lovely shade of red. Happy to help. Yeah, but uh, it really goes well with I, my I oily just... uh, my, with my oily forehead on my dry cheeks. <laughs> if only they'd meet in the middle. <laughs> it's always that. Um, yeah, I just I, I I knew I had a story that was interesting and, and worth telling, and I I don't think I'm an expert on anything, or that I'm a, a good person to give advice, or that I have any insight to add to the world. So like a chatty show didn't really make sense for me. But I love storytelling. I love to tell stories. I think it's fun. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I'll try it out. But I didn't, I don't like, um, the thing I don't love about true crime is a, as a genre, like this is a true crime style um, podcast. It's It sounds like a true crime podcast. And they're questionably i can't prove it but there was a crime um but uh i don't love that these are people making money off of the death of somebody else yeah like that i don't i don't love that the victim doesn't get any money i don't love that and they most podcasters are very good about trying to like emphasize the victim story and tell the victim like make the victim the person not the the killer but at the end of the day we're all just listening to the worst day of someone's life um, the day that their child was murdered or whatever, and they get nothing. And, in, and you know, the podcaster walks away with, well, in my case, not millions, hundreds of dollars. Um, and maybe but, a Casper mattress in your future. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, if, if I'm lucky. You might get a butcher's box. That was the best advertising stuff we were ever sent. Um, you you got to send me some names, man. Yeah, I really wish that you guys had bought more of that. It would be nice to keep doing it. Um, I know. So, like, because I remember, I think when it came out, I think I I was actually I should go through our uh, our text and see exactly what I said, but I was like I was nervous for you. I think you said, "Are you okay?" and "Are you worried this guy's going to come get <laughs> I was, you?" I mean, that was my first thought, and you had a really great response. I just wanted you to talk about if if you recall. Oh, I'm not exactly sure what I said, but basically the whole thing is that if it's out there, he's lost all of his power. Mm -hmm. Like the thing that he had over me was that I was ashamed that I had taken money from him and thought that maybe I deserved this because, um, I'm a person whose income is crowdsourced. And so it gives you this weird feeling that people own you or people have a right to your time. Um, and it's a weird, you know, I don't know if it's imposter syndrome or what it is, but it makes you feel strange if somebody gives you money. Um, And so once I took that away, once I was like out the gate, second episode, he gave me a lot of money and I never gave it back. I kept that money. Um, But I don't think it justified what he did. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. So like I took it away from him. He was he's not going to be able to hold it over my head that I'm like this greedy person. It was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I liked how you said like basically like you're taking the power away from him by putting this out there because. If not, I, 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 I just can't imagine because like we're so lucky, and I mean like, and you also, I've I've watched your your stream multiple times. You have cultivated a wonderful community of people, and do a great job of. I feel like sometimes when people do things that are uh, Twitch esque, where they're doing a, a live thing where there's a chat going on, and they'll try to argue with people in the chat, or they'll try to ignore, it, but they spend five minutes talking about how they are, you know 
ignoring it. You're very like, it's done. I don't I'm do that back to the positive stuff. Like it's a really is a wonderful, positive community. And we've been really blessed with people that are on our Patreon where like they've become friends. These are people that like we know and they're, they deeply care about our lives. And they've been so, they've been just like so supportive of us over the eight years that we've been doing this. And we haven't had a thing where that's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine how violating it must feel on so, and I'm a dude, so I can't imagine what it's, what it's got to be like as a woman, but like just this thing, it's not like a sacred, it's not a sacred relationship, but it is special. It is like, I get that. Like, yeah, like so many times people have come up to me and they have said, I feel like I know you and I, it doesn't mm-hmm. weird me out because like you do. Like you do know me and I, and I might not know you, but like, I want to, and I'm so Mm -hmm. thrilled and honored that like you have listened to our, um, our podcast. And I am like that with a thousand other um, podcasters that, Mm -hmm. you know, I would, I'm never be like, I have one too. I would just be like, how do you like your show? Can we hang out? You know, um, which is why we interviewed the total soccer show guys. Uh, so it like to have that go wrong, it's, it's kind of hard to put in the words, like how, just gut wrenching and like sad that oh. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I like, I'm not scared. People keep asking like if I am scared that he's going to harm me. I think he's sad. I'm sorry for him. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I would have been happy to go along being his friend and not acknowledging the incredible gaps in his story. How many of your friends do you do that with where like you have a friend who just says dumb stuff all the time? You're like, oh, that's just how he is, you know, like and you just still love him. You, you, you literally just summarize this entire podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's your friend was, who I just says a bunch of dumb stuff. We found a way to monetize yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. And now um, Casper mattress. Go on. <laughs> Butcher box. Do you guys actually have a Casper mattress? No, no we never got that one. No. We were so Dang close. Yeah. I was really uh, proud of you. Stop giving away Icarus, the milk for free, Gomer. I know. As Icarus, we flew too close to the sun. <laughs> and we kept crashing down. Yeah, but I just, I feel sorry for yeah. him. I, I do. And like, I, I think that, um, I don't know. I like, I, I'll never talk to him again. I think he, like he, I think he knows that the podcast happened and he locked down a lot of his stuff so that people can't find him, which is fine. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I'm sorry for you. I'm, I would have just continued being your friend had it not gotten weird. Did he, okay, stop me if I shouldn't say this, but did he try to make it like sexual or did he try to like get you on the phone or what was he doing that was like, Hey buddy. No, he, um, like it was never anything sexual, which is very weird. Although it might've been for him, but like nothing that I would have recognized as sexual. He only, like, I only ever talked to him on the, I talked to tons of people on my chat on the discord. We like do voice chats all the time. So being on, on a discord call or a phone call with somebody isn't that intimate or interesting to me. And I always did it with my husband. Like he knew I had a husband, my, my husband and my kids are all Mm -hmm. on the stream. There's no question Mm -hmm. that I'm married. There's no question that I'm happily married. And he talked to Luis just as often as he talked to me. So I didn't know. I didn't feel like it was anything like that. Um, the thing that happened was, um, he started saying that I needed to like schedule time to talk to him, that he earned that and that he had paid us so much money that we, we, we owed him that. Oh, and I was like, like it would just be so gross if somebody came into your Patreon and was like, I've been subbing to you or Patreoning, whatever the crap that word is, for X number of years. I've given you this much money. Therefore, I think you guys need to do this for me. Like, I didn't ask you for that. I didn't. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and what's tough about this is like, 
the, I mean, 99.999% of people who support your show, any show, like anything are great. Mm-hmm. They just, mm-hmm. they, and, and, and like, honestly, the great thing, like I did some um, marketing stuff that's been for our uh, podcast that's slowly being put to use. And it was interesting to hear how the thing that people really love the most was just hearing me and Gomer talk. They mm-hmm. just, they just enjoy that. And I'm like, I totally get that. And that's a wonderful thing about this type of, about, you know, this medium about things like Twitch is you really do get to build a bit of a community and you get to be part of something. And yeah. it's great when you get to build up on those relationships with those people and you get to know them and truly people that like, I like hanging out, like people who support our show are people that I want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And, um, when it gets, it's gotten weird sometimes. Like f- for me, it's been like a few times where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna kind of stop. You send one edible arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> and it just it gets you. It, that like, how do you? How has this changed your relationship with you with your fans? It hasn't at all. Good, good. Not yeah. at all. Like, I mean, I changed my my. Uh, the good egg fund used to be registered to my house, which I think was uh, somebody, not the person involved, another person from Twitter who ended up coming into my stream, found my address through the good egg funds, um, registered address, which was super weird and invasive. So I've changed that. Um, that lady was odd. She mailed me 75 children's books. Whoa. It was so weird. There's <laughs> very nice lady, but I mean, I'll take mm. some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up donating a lot of them because I don't have space for that. I live in a house that was built for four people and there's seven of us in here. So let's, how did, was that a conscious effort on your part to try to make sure that that did get changed or was it just, you have such a good thing going that it just like, it was able to with, withstand that. You mean the relationship with the community? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like how did that yeah. not jar your, like, was there ever a time where you're like, I got, I kind of have to like work through how I can, how I can, relate to people to get back to like you know where i want to be yeah so at the risk of ruining the last episode and if you haven't listened yet why why haven't you listened yet but um one of my favorite people in the entire world was saint Teresa of calcutta and there's a lady from my my parish i I believe is dead now but um she worked with saint Teresa at one point um and uh she was a nurse the lady from my parish Uh, her name was joyce um joyce worked with uh with mother Teresa when she was in new york at some point and she had to leave because she was very upset that the missionaries of charity weren't washing their hands or not washing their hands. They weren't wearing gloves. They weren't um, taking your universal precautions or whatever, when they were working with people and they were risking getting themselves sick. And, and mother Teresa told her like, this isn't the job for you. If you're worried about your bodily health, um, that's fair. That's valid. That's understandable. This isn't for you. You're, if you're working with us, you're putting yourself on the line. We are St. Damien of Molokai. We are planning, like we are okay with getting sick to serve these people. And, um, I sort of very much feel that way. Like I am, I am okay with putting myself out there and being a friend to somebody if it's at the risk of being creeped out or at the risk of feeling uncomfortable, because if I get you know, murdered because I was kind to someone, hooray, I'm going straight to heaven. It's fine. Like I'm not terribly worried about it. And I'm not going to let fear of what someone, what the 1% of crazy people could do to me, deter me from all of those people on like what Gomer was talking about with the women who don't know their value. 
the internet is so full of people who don't know their value, who were never yeah. told by their parents or their families that you are beautiful and wonderful and you deserve love. And so if I have to be the idiot who gets swatted so that I can tell people that they're loved, I'm going to do it. Wow. That's cool. That's amazing. Yeah, way to have a kingdom worldview. Good Lord. <laughs> Please don't word it that way. Yeah. That sounds mm. dumb. Tell me, tell me what it's like to be on the way uh, oh. as opposed to Ooh. just believing. Uh, no, it, no, I think this is, I think, like, one of the things is there is so much danger out there, especially if you're a woman online. Like there is so much. I'm one episode from Leo Laporte, who's like the OG gangster of, uh, which I guess is original gangster, gangster, original gangster, gangster. (laughs) Yeah, the OG of podcasting was, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he'd been doing it for like you know years and years and years. He had the you know all all these shows or that were all video. His daughter was 16. She did three episodes of like a teen centered show. And she had death threats and, you know, sexual propositions and all this stuff. And he's like, mm-hmm. I've never had any of that in, in like, you know, 15 years of, you know, public news reporting. And then, you know, five years of, of video podcasting and all this stuff. He's like, that never once happened. And my daughter can't even do a month worth of episodes without this happening. And it really mm-hmm. is like it's this sense of um, like entitlement like you know i it breaks my heart that the dude thought because he gave you money he owned a piece of your time Mm -hmm. and when and he presumed it and that's like the the step that's like hey why don't you why don't you ask what this twenty thousand dollars gets you before you give it right like like why don't you have some clarity here bro like this not it's not like you're so nice you're going to be so passive that she's just going to be overwhelmed with your charity and give a portion of her existence to you with ownership mm-hmm. rights. Like that people operate from that perspective. It is scary. Like to a certain extent I did. And I've told the story before Luke gave me a book called um, no more Mr. Nice guy. And the kind of like one of the premises of the nice guy is, you know, you intentionally, just to put it in stupid language, you intentionally friend zone, your, friend zone yourself with a woman so that eventually she'll sleep with you, right? Like, you do that because you're like, oh, look how nice I am. Look how kind I am. Look how you date all these horrible guys who just use you and throw you away. But I would never do that. Let's go shopping and let me buy you stuff. And then one day you'll see me for who I am and you'll fall in love with me or you'll give me sex or, you know, whatever, whatever insert thing here. Instead of, and and they're they're the nice guys and the guy's whole argument was they're the most dangerous people because they're the, they're the passive aggressives who dishonest. Yeah. They don't know even, I mean, they're, they're the manipulator to the extreme because they're not saying if you don't love me, I'll kill myself. They're saying, but I already bought you. Like you don't understand. I already did all this stuff for you. You owe me now. And, yeah. and it's like this insane relate. It's just, it's, 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 it's a pathological condition. You see like guys at a bar who buy a girl a drink and she waves at them and it's like, no, get over here and talk to me. I bought that for you. you owe me. And it's like, no, I don't like that. That's a huge thing going on in, in bars and stuff. We're like, no, no, no. I bought this. You took it. Therefore you owe me. And it's like, okay, well, that's not how this works. Right. Like we all need a quick contract law. 
how this whole situation, like right. there's offer acceptance and, you know, you're just jumping straight to consideration and then calling it a day. Well, it, just this, like, it's just weird how, um, it can, everything, it's very easy to, uh, to make everything conditional. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll do this, and there if because I, like and so like people like kind of with the no more I'm just nice guy. I think the idea is that if there's an unspoken contract, that if I'm I'm nice to you, you I'll get what I want, which can be sex, it can be attention, it can be friendship, it can be or whatever. But it's like I'm gonna do this to get this instead of just being overtly like with like being overt with your with your intentions because doing so would then either risk one being ex- exposed or two rejection mm-hmm. and. That's a pretty like um so much of what people do is conditional. I'll do this if if I get this out of it. And it's like and mm-hmm. it's so this is like one of the dangers I think of trying now to like uh, to try to exist in a post-Christian culture is th- the unconditional um love and friendship becomes more and more of a foreign concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's re- that's um, that's tough, and, and I mean, and like that's not necessarily like exactly what happened to you. I think I mean I, I don't I don't want to like I don't know this guy's intentions, but I just mean in in like uh, um, in the sense of that, like where do we all get this um, feeling from? Sometimes like I deserve this thing because I did I did this, and it's like that's so. Even within, like, even with just as, as people of the Christian faith, like, I can just see so many times the way that I view going to mass, praying. I'm doing this. I'm basically putting in X to get Y. So, do your mm-hmm. part, God. And mm-hmm. um, it uh, it requires a real like. I don't know. I just I don't know where I'm going. Going going um, with this. Besides the point that it it does make me sad that um. I I find like just like even within my own life I can I can um how many times have I I'm given and actually counted the cost like mm-hmm. multiple times probably on you know a daily basis and to give and to not do that is um it's it's not it's not it's not easy and I think for some people it can be part of their own personality but a lot of times that can also turn into being to being like used. And then when you throw in this whole like, um, I don't know, it's just like it stuff like that just really um, um, makes me worried because I it just leads to further isolation. Mm-hmm. Like the most time when I have felt like the, when I have felt the least alone has probably been when people have been there for for um, me for no other reason than the fact that like they love me. Mm-hmm. That's a profound feeling of accompaniment. Yeah, and like in this story, I think that that's why it hurts so much is because what I what I have experienced with my community on Twitch is that they taught me the way that God loves me, and that's a, that's a that's probably a very strange thing to say, but. I was not like, I was very much raised, not my mom's going to be like, why did you say you were raised that way? I wasn't raised that way. But like, I grew up feeling like if somebody did something for you, you, and it's probably because, you know, how my, my parents interacted and things like that. But I, 
I was the opposite or I was the thing that's feeding that idea, right? Where like, I feel obligated to you. And therefore that's why you think you can do that is because I, I react that way. That's totally how I do it. And, and so we have this hard time as Christians believing that God loves us unconditionally and that there's nothing that comes along with that. And my whole life, I've, I've been a Christian my whole life, but it has always been difficult for me to understand that concept until, well, I'm still working on it, but like, it's easier since I've been with my community and have them donate for things that are never going to, to benefit them. And they don't like, I will sit there and say, I barely streamed this month or I, you know, I didn't do as much as you are owed because you pay for this $5 a month subscription to my channel. I really should have given you more content and they will always look at me and say, we don't need that from you. We understand that you have a family. We care about you. We want you to be you know, happy. Last night or yeah, Last night I was streaming and my kids got out of hand and like, I had to end the stream after 30 minutes because I'd like, we got into a big fight and like, it was a whole thing. I had mic muted. Nobody heard the fight, but like it wasn't going to work. And they had just donated $60 for me to take on my trip to India with me. And like, so my heart is like, I have to continue the stream, but I can't. And they're all in the chat sitting like your family comes first. You need to get off. You need to go take care of your family. And like, I see God through those people who have, most of them don't have a, a religion or a faith life, but they mirror God's love to me so much. So when that transactional thing happens, when you, when you've experienced unconditional love and then you see what, then you have the conditional side smack you in the face, that's when it hurts so much worse. Um, but I think so many of us in the world today are only ever experiencing the conditional love that you're talking about, that we can't even fathom the love that God has for us. Does yeah, that make and, sense? Am I talking yeah. nonsense? No, I think that's exactly what I, I wrote down while Luke was talking. Like, I wrote down three words, conditional, transactional, and mercenary. Like, when we oh. think about our our relationships today, so much of it is categorized according to consuming, you know, a consumerist culture, right? Like, I paid for this, you owe me that. I want to have it my way, right? I gave mm -hmm. you money, now you give me what I want. And... um you know, I, I, me and Luke talked about this a really long time ago where we were talking about like, will hipsters save us because they're all about local and community and all this stuff. And I said, yeah, but it's community that doesn't cost us anything except money. Like I can pay to go to this really cool hipster bar in Cincinnati that Luke took me to where they have nothing but like long tables and you're, it's always crowded. So you're forced to sit next to strangers. And then just like what they were talking about, we got to know the people that were sitting around us while we were there and you're drinking this awesome beer and they're, I don't know what they were doing. They're playing like cornhole or something. And like mm -hmm. everyone was having this like great time, but it was still under the umbrella of, yeah, but at the end of the night, I'm going home to my apartment and none of you matter. Like you're a single serving friend. You might as well be on an airplane. Oh. And right, it's, it's always within this context, like, I'm not saying that stuff is bad, but it's like, it's always within this context of here's a small measured dose. It's a, it's a toe dipped into the pool. It's not, I'm sitting in the booth in the corner away from everyone. It's better than that. But at the same time, it's still driven by the fact that I can pull up and leave. I'm not rooted. I'm not rooted in this. Mm -hmm. And the thing that makes a family a family is you're stuck right? Like there's a stuckness to it. That's like, Hey, guess what? This is beyond transaction. Like my kids say to me, um, Hey dad, I cleaned my room or I, I, I did, I, I vacuumed downstairs. Can I have $5? And I'm like, Hey, guess what? Your, your mother cleaned the entire kitchen, you know, mm -hmm. or Hey, will you pick up that thing? Oh, that's not mine. I didn't do that. And it's like, 
Yeah, guess what? I never do that except for my pants. My pants are always left in weird places around the house. Don't ask questions why. I hate pants. I come home, <laughs> pudding, they're gone. Putting cup situation. <laughs> there are only so, only so many putting cups a, to go around. Why, why is Daniel Lovato's catalog so limited? Uh, <laughs> well, she has her own demons. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's true. Really know who it, she is, but. but but no, I mean, like I think of this, like when we when we're so accustomed to a transactional everything, mm-hmm. like think about like the pleasant experiences you have. Like I think Disney is the best at creating and how? a society that we want that's a hundred percent fake, yeah. right? Like when you're here, your family, like that that whole thing. It's like no, I'm not. I'm not family when I'm at Olive Garden because I'm going to leave or you're going to leave or whatever. Like it's over, and mm-hmm. I th- I really do think like the we're because we've lost the the cultic worship side of like civilization that's no longer a a functional part of our daily life or weekly life like we don't really know how to relate to people anymore except through this notion of work or transaction or and 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 when you're giving when you're setting up cameras in your home and it's like oh i'm on the inside of her life right like Mm -hmm. some people can't handle those barriers or whatever but I think, going to your point, I, I think you're 100%. Um, I think you're, you're 100% right. But what's interesting about this is that if you um, look at Katie's experience with the people on her, her Twitch and our Patreon, the um, like, love still finds a way to break, to like break through. Because yeah. they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, but like, I, I would agree with you. That is true, but I, I would say that's not because of that. I think it's because like of the human um, need for like, we can all like, I don't know. Like, I, so I agree with you, but I think the only um, caveat that I would add, or like, I, I, I guess my kind of counterpoint here is, even though I'm not to be the devil's advocate, if, if you will, <laughs> let me provide a little pushback. Is that, is that like life finds a way? Mm-hmm. Like people want to love, they want to be a part of almost something. And when you like the amount of love that we've experienced from our um, Patreon people, the, like I've experienced with this hell of a last um, year, has been profound. I mean, the amount yeah. of I just uh, did a survey just to try to see like when people um, like I responded to that survey. Thank you. Uh, I just want to see like, <laughs> hey, like when you guys I'm on one episode, and uh, I might ask Gilmar actually put a link to it in the show notes. Um, and the um, the number of wonderful responses we got of like you guys just take as much time as as you need. Yeah. We care about you. I mean, I'm talking like there were 200 responses, and the vast majority of them had this, something unlike that in there. And it it just and yeah it those are the things that we need to cultivate and that we need to cling to because that's real yeah and I, I mean I, they even made episodes while we had to take time off you know yeah and, I and, saw that and the Discord was I mean it literally every time I step into the Discord for catching foxes it's fans it's a madhouse <laughs> but it's hysterical. Mm-hmm. It is his. It's like a it, and and you find like you know obviously you have similar names of people that just love it and and do this. But every so often there's like these randos that come in and you see that they're new posters or whatever and they're posting things here and there. And it's like they just get it and they come in and they fit right in and they do their thing or they they find a sub channel or whatever you call it that that is is fun. and they're like the contributions of other podcasts that that they listen to which we have a channel on and like all this stuff 
I mean, we don't even run it. It's Rebecca and and, and JT. Like they just they run the whole thing, and it's incredible. I mean, they've built it into. It was like I left, and it was like a shanty town, and I came back, and it was like uh, a dystopian cyberpunk Tokyo. Like it's this beautiful, <laughs> mysterious, the Hello Kitty somewhat here. dangerous. What did you do, Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> Everything she because did. Because I everything. love her. She comes into my stream sometimes. Oh, and she's I just the best. Her. She's the best. She's she's they're both. They're so awesome. And you're in it really like, that's what I love when we had you on the show, uh, in the past, like the awareness of like this, yes, it is one way in a certain sense, but like, like they bought us Christmas presents and they were the funniest Christmas presents Mm -hmm. ever. I mean, they were like, oh, you know us, you really know us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we have a we have a concept on Twitch called a lurker, which is basically like a person who never chats. So yeah. they listen, they know all the jokes, they know everything that that we've said. They know that like, you know, the dances that I do and things like that, but they don't they're part of our community, but they never we never hear their voice and it's either because they're shy or because, you know, probably at least one of them's weird. But like um they're a part of that community also. And, and this is meaningful to them. It is real for them. And, and it's, I mean, not for them, it is real for everybody who's involved. And like, I feel like a lot of, a lot of online communities get a lot of pushback. Cause I remember, um, I forget who it was. Some people were talking about how online community is real community, but then they're, their Twitter got out of hand and they had to leave. Like it was too much. And I think it takes a certain type of person. It seems to be just based on Luke and I, a a self-deprecating human is what's necessary to be able to have an online community and not have it mess with your personal view of yourself. But like, I, I just, I truly believe that online community is very important and very real and matters. It matters. Yeah. I And I, I agree. And I think like it, um, the human heart has this like profound capacity to find what it needs. And mm-hmm. like most of the time when the human heart screws you over, it's, be- it's coming from like kind of going back to our, like our parts a- a episode with, with Dr. Greg Pataro. There's a part of you that's like, it's, it ha- it's trying to actually do a good thing. It's trying mm-hmm. to either like find connection or find community, or it's trying to, protect you from these like deep deep wounds and that's where typically it can you know it, it can go wrong but it can also go very very right very mm-hmm. well sorry i don't know that's uh yeah. it can it can work out y- yeah you know and it i think and there is like a i think there is like a balance t- to be found with regards to how much time you're spending doing all that stuff but it's the same thing if like you're, if you're at a bar every day maybe stop or if you're like yeah. going to your tr- every single church event and you're not actually taking time for like a real, not like, like a real life, but if like you're, if your life, I don't know if this is I'm right or wrong. So Gomer, feel, feel free to tell me I'm wrong. If you're going to every church event and not really branching out or like doing other things at all or trying to bring those other things into your church thing, it's just like, this is all I do. Just this. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's good. I, I, it might be, I don't but. think it is. No, I would say it's definitely not because we're not meant, we're not a people that are supposed to just insulate ourselves. And I know a lot of people do and, and, and it's safer and it's easier. And certainly I feel more comfortable in a group of people who believe the same thing that I believe, but that's not what we were called to do. We are supposed to be out there loving people, people who are not lovable. 
we are supposed to be out there doing that. So if you're insulating, if all you do is church, you're not, you're not, you're not doing church right. Yeah. I think there's a great fear that most Catholics have, or most, most human beings have of, you know, the fear of rejection, the fear of whatever, the fear of the unknown, but it, it can paralyze them into, into these forms of, of crippling stability. You know, like the yeah. idea of a Christian community is, is the stability of form, right? Like this is a closed society, but it's unique in that it's, it's like a circle that it's enclosed and you are known and you are loved and you have mm-hmm. a place and you belong. That's important that you give your life to these people and these people receive it and they give their lives to you. That's the stability of form of what we call a healthy community. And the Christian community is that community only exists because of the death and, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then this is the the great phrase of Cardinal Ratzinger. He called this book um, the meaning of Christian brotherhood. It was originally called in the German. I don't know the German words, but the literal translation. Yes, it was beautiful. Obsfart. Obsfart. No, it was. It was the open circle, and it's this mm-hmm. notion of brotherhood defines the like the 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 um, Philadelphia love, right? Defines the love within the community, and it's distinct mm-hmm. from the love outside the community. But the love we have for those outside the community is agape, is self sacrificial love. So it's a mm-hmm. circle that's enclosed on itself, yet at the same time it's open. And that's what prevents the stable form from stagnating and hardening into something mm-hmm. awful, into something that actually takes away instead of giving life. And, and I, my, my, my whole hope for people is they see the, the great line of JP2, which is, you know, faith is only grown when you give it away, right? You can only mm-hmm. find yourself through a sincere gift of yourself, right? And uh, I'm sure there's a five iron frenzy lyric you're thinking of right now. It was red hot chili peppers. peppers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what was it? You give away, give away, give away now. Yeah, that, no, but that's what JP2 quoted in his encyclical Ecclesia de Eucharistia. Like, As the great and, and, um, <laughs> Anthony Kita said, probably well high. Um, <laughs> no, but give it away, give it Wait. away. Get out. <laughs> what, do, do, do. Oh, that's probably, it's a, they're a very dirty band. I'm sure those are very dirty lyrics. Uh, the um they are yeah <laughs> uh, uh anywho um the, who saw flea's acting career coming who saw no, that he was doing that he was doing that before he was in the band he was acting before he was in the band yeah he's in back to the future before he was in that band he's in back to the future part two. Oh, i thought that was after the band uh part two may have been no uh, he was doing 87 mm. i want to say mm. he was acting i think he's always done acting Nice. Part two well, more power to him. No, part two is eighty nine because I remember it. Uh, no, it's not. Part three was ninety. No, no, they were, they were, they I'm were. I'm gonna Google it. On I'm back to back, right I saw now. part two in the theater with my dad, and there was a preview for part three when it was done. It was the first time I had ever seen that happen. November twenty second, nineteen eighty nine. I hate it when you're right. Who the fuck is ninety shit. You can't say the F word. We're Catholic. I know you're right. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but uh, uh, sorry, that was supposed to be funny. Uh, no, no, Chat. it was. I I, I want to add like when I talk about like going to, I just mean like church events, not necessarily yeah, yeah, yeah. the life of the church, but like just church events. Yeah, no, no, like that's exactly social environment. Yeah, but the 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 life of the local church is the life of the church. There's not some like magical thing, right? Mm-hmm. But so many people mm-hmm. they become, uh, and I see them all the time. Like they become. It's extremely one-dimensional 
And it's not because it's like the Lord is my life. You know, I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's like, I don't have a life outside of this known quantity and I'm, you know, I'm scared or I'm resentful or I'm whatever. And part of our accompaniment as a, as a church is to accompany these people, you know, to, you know, putt putt, like get them out of the freaking out yeah. of the sphere. And it just makes you completely incapable of, of interacting with people. Like I, there was a, a priest once who was like, there's just, he's, he's a very young priest. He, I think he grew up since then, but, um, that I knew who would say, there's just no reason why everybody can't make it to daily mass. And I was like, I, have you ever had children? <laughs> Obviously not. Like yeah. there's, and, and there's people on Twitter that like, when we, I like to do a, a Sunday, like, uh, um, messy mass posts, like what my kids got into on during mass on, on Sunday. And there are people that come in there every, every week and are like, I don't understand how people could leave the church when their kids are toddlers. And I was like, I can a hundred percent. I can see why they leave when they're toddlers. And if you can't, then you need to go touch grass. Cause like there's <laughs> something else out there. Can I tell you the greatest story of when I brought, when I brought every to mass one, one time I forgot to bring anything with me besides like her, like um diaper bag. And so it's right at the beginning, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I don't have anything. Does anybody have a pen? And Does I'm anybody like, have a pen? And there was, like, oh, this mom in, like, in the pew behind me without even – I'm thinking. She's probably, like, you know, maybe 15, 20 years older than me. She just goes to the back, grabs, like, a whole bunch of stuff and goes, here. And I was just like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Because I, I was like, I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't bring a thing. And I was just like, what a real church moment that, that was right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she didn't yeah. even like ask. She just turned around and immediately went and, and got stuff and came back. Cause she was like, Oh, nice. this dumb bitch. <laughs> so, I mean, me, me, me. <laughs> what yeah. an me idiot. Me, me, idiot. <laughs> yeah. We used to have a lady at our church who had snackies in like a big, um, uh, tote bag after mass. And if kids were good, she was like, you were so good. And she would give out snackies. And I was like, Oh, I want to be you. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's awesome. So you're delightful. Um, how do you like, if you, if, if there's anyone out there who wants to like create their own thing on Twitch or a podcast and they want to create a, a community or they're a, they, they're kind of like a part of an online community. What's one piece of advice you could give to try to make that better or, or not better, but if like they want to like make um, something of like a, like a, um, a thing, what's one thing that you'd say? Like if you do this, this really helps for community building. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the most important thing is to, is to actually care about people. You have to do some work in your heart. You have to actually care about the people that you're looking at. And it's okay. If you don't love, if you don't, if you don't care about something like there are people in my community, like a good, good portion of my community is all giant anime nerds. And I don't care. Like, I don't like anime. I'm not going to be an anime nerd with you, but they know that. And it's not that I don't love you. It's that I don't care about this thing that you do. Um, and it's okay to like, you don't have to love everything about the person. You don't have to be involved in every aspect of that person's life, but you have to care about that person as a person. You have to understand the concept of love being for the good of that person for their own sake and not for yours. And if you don't understand that concept yet, I would not encourage you to start a community because that's how you end up with Branch Davidian type people. It's <laughs> uh, weird. Man, I still like if, we had that um, one podcast episode where I said it would be great to start a cult. I still think that. Sometimes I want to start a cult all the time. I'm not going to lie to you. Just like I just want to farm mm -hmm. with some chickens. But like, uh, everyone else does the work. I just get to enjoy it as as I will. I would do. I would do some of the work. I would be okay with. I that. wouldn't do a damn thing. Uh, 
You don't know how to run a cult then. Yeah. I, would I know. Tw- I'm doing it. I would do 20 minutes of work. Like, Way to go, Luke. All right. We're done for the next <laughs> three months. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I petted a chicken, and that chicken seemed happy. All yeah. right. On to the orgies. This is what cults are for, right? Back to watching more of The Sopranos. <laughs> oh. Rewatching Game of Thrones. Do, 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 do. Cold, 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 cold. What season are you on right now? Uh, rewatching them in season three. Oh, you're in there in the you're in the good stuff. You know, I find season three a little tedious because it's all leading up to the red wedding, oh, and like you yes. know it's yeah. coming. So yeah. you're like, it just keeps coming. Just break my heart now. Still the most visceral yeah. reaction I've ever had to a television show. Yeah, that that moment I stood up and just started going, "What?" The? And I knew that something bad happened because I saw it trending on Twitter, and I was illegally yeah. torrenting it. And uh, I know, I know. And so I, um, I was watching it, and it was almost dawn because I just like was like just plowing through stuff, and mm. I just all of a sudden just I just started going, "What the? F- what the? F-? Like over yeah. like screaming?" He was so handsome. He was so handsome. It was wrong. Mm. He looks That's the same as from the internals, though. That's why he had to die. He's he's look. I don't think he's aging. He's just getting gray hair, which is. <laughs> <laughs> It's going really well for him. <laughs> it's really it's not going well for me. My face is just more round. Um uh, yeah, I I resemble that remark. Yeah. I'm starting to look more and more like my mom every day. It's freaky. That's weird. I know I'm turning into Gray Carrie. It's great. I scratch my back on the corner of walls. Um, i've been doing instagram reels of my food and whenever i see my hands i'm like oh it's my mom's hand like it really freaks me out i don't like it at all uh yeah yeah podcast is on all of the podcast apps uh or you can find it online at parasocialanxiety.com and it doesn't have a patreon or any ads it's all crowdfunded so if you like it and you feel like you want to throw me a couple bucks you can do that are you going to do more seasons yeah, I have season two in the works right now. I have it outlined, cool. um, but I'm going out of town, uh, out of country for a few weeks here. Yeah, um, so to, I'm not going to be able to. Going to India, right? India. India. It's yeah, set in India. It's set in India. It's a deep cut. <laughs> the Maharaja. <laughs> okay. Nice. I'm with like, you yeah, right here. This is why we're friends. Yeah. I saw that movie way too many same. times. Yeah, same. I, oh, so my gosh. Is this Mulan Rouge? Yeah. It is. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's how I view That's what I thought. Um, romantic love should be mm-hmm. indeed as it is but uh, i'm going with the pontifical mission society to go check out all of their mission churches out there That's and amazing. it'll be all over the twitter and the instagram and the twitch so if you want to see some churches in india follow me on twitter and instagram and twitch what's what are those handles it's all mrs ruby okay. mrsruvi such good branding I know. Well, it's helpful that my last name is just appalling, and so nobody else came up with that <laughs> early on in the thing. So, yeah. M-R-S-R-U-V as in Victor I, Mrs. Ruby. Gomer, I had to ask her how to pronounce her last name again. Oh, my gosh. Try it again. Say it again. Ruvulica? <laughs> I don't remember. You're throwing weird I know. Letters. Why am I doing that? It's so weird. She just sounded out. Ruval? Kaba. Ruval Kaba. It's, it's, here's the thing. I don't have it written down anywhere. If I if I, I was on, if I was on my A game, which I'm trying to be now, I would have like a schedule up. That'd be like, hey, this is who we're interviewing on on this day, mm. and I'd have it there. I'd be like, Katie Ruval Kaba. You're on your A game. It's probably no fun. No, I know. White people like to move the L to the other side, so they like to call me Ruva Kalba. I'm like, put the L back. <laughs> Sorry. Put it back. That's fine. Now I'm gonna think that's what your name is. I'll be like, hey Ruva Kalba. Hey, hey Teen Life. Me- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Everyone who's a baby boomer and older. Teen life. The kids with the teen life. With the teen life. There's pizza. With their teen life and their VH1 and their cocaine. Well, your life teen is way cooler than ours. (laughs) Do you guys ever notice when you go out in public today when you're wearing your ashes that you get weird looks from old liberals? Uh, I didn't go anywhere, but I was on Twitch this morning, and usually I get a lot of, like, there's stuff on your face, but today, nothing. I got nothing. Some old guy was giving me this weird um, look with my ash, and I was like, I feel like he was just giving this, like, why are you doing that? And I was just like, <laughs> oh, you're a weird old liberal. I'm in a satanic cult. We're <laughs> <laughs> the it's opposite. I do, have to, I do have to go right now, but I just want to say that my kids have instituted a swear jar. For you and or the one for your potty mouth wife? For me. Uh, every time mm. Shannon cusses, fifteen dollars comes out of the of the swear jar, so it, it works in the opposite for her. <laughs> yeah, every time I curses. say, every time I cuss, <laughs> five dollars, five dollars goes into it. Ooh, and, five dollars. Uh, yeah, five. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's steep. Jeez. Right. Even in this and economy. because they want a new puppy. All right, y'all. Uh, speaking of love, I am gonna go to bed. <laughs> Ew. What? No, because I, I love sleep, you weirdos. <gasps> Gomer getting laid. <laughs> Listen, you need to know one more thing about Shannon. She is already fast asleep. <laughs> she is fast asleep. And it is 9.52. She's probably been asleep for an hour. She's, she's so much better than us. She was like this in college, res- responsible. and It's all right. You should go. We're going we're gonna to just start a bunch of rumors about you while you're gone. Yeah. Oh, good. That's going to be fine. Good luck. God's yeah. good luck. And as, actually, I'm like, yeah. I just saw the time like it's 10:52. I don't know where to be tomorrow morning. So, um, no, but you have a life and you have you have responsibilities and five kids. Five kids. Katie, Man. it was awesome talking to you. Yeah, it's I cool. love hey, you everything do. you do. Seriously, you love everything I do. Everything. Did you even listen to the podcast? I am it's so ex- okay. I had a metronome no, going good. through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Metronomes only. It's Luke's new podcasting network. <laughs> If you can get through this, you can survive Abu Ghraib. Um, yeah, people were so upset no. about that. I was like, calm down. It's just a bonus episode. Relax. Calm down. You try to listen. Calm down. People wanted that patty content. They, yeah. Um, people love my mom. Oh, what did you just say? Uh, you said, oh, did I listen? No, did you I, even listen? I have never listened to a true crime podcast in my life. It's not a real crime. I know. Well, unless it's proven or oh, I'm trying to remember the tagline. Right. So I got uh, it. I down while we were doing this because I can't prove it. I've downloaded every episode, and I'm going to make ahead. a solemn promise to you that I will have every episode done by tomorrow. I will crush it because I don't have YouTube in my life. I, girl, okay. I ain't got nothing but time. He's got that sweet. He'll do the three. Luke has my phone number, so you can text me when you're done and tell me what you thought. Okay. Now, can I ask you one question? Did you edit it yourself? legend legend you just dropped the microphone onto my heart onto my heart nice yeah (laughs) 